0: So um, I, I try to to see how the the thoughts the dukkha is uh, is formed, and I um, and try to recognize it when when it's coming, so I can interrupt it uh, quicker. And, uh, and I I found a like a recurring uh, thought pattern, which is um like it's it's kind of like an assumption. I um. I tend to like feel responsible for other people's feelings. Um, I mean, other people which I interact with, like uh, friends or even like in relationships and stuff. And um, so I was wondering is it only a matter of uh, when this kind of thoughts come on, just chasing it, uh, throwing it out? Or is it, uh, or is there something I could like understand which would make this, Recurring pattern stop? Um, Um, Well,
1: yes, we need to do a bit of investigation. And that uh, because there are certain circumstances where uh, uh, an intervention with someone or something is, uh, let us say, uh, a wholesome thing to do. So let us say that an older child is beating on a younger child, and that's happening in the other room. It would be wise to go check that out. Okay, so certain things we need to do, but it's almost always because something is happening right now. If something happens right now, and then later you're thinking about it, then there's nothing that you can do later. It's already happened. It's in the past now. Uh And so also there's the possibility that, uh, something is happening right now, but that it is either far away or otherwise not possible to do anything about it. Um, and so. We have to put in a bit of wisdom to figure it out. Generally, though, almost always. That the problem that we're thinking about and trying to solve is either in the past hasn't happened at all. Can't even say it's in the future because we don't know if it's in the future or not. It hadn't happened at all. It's still in just in the mind or it's off someplace else where we can't take any. In other words, by the time that you got there, it would be finished. Or at least by the time you got there, something else would be happening. Right? So once we make that determination and figure out that really what's going on, my thoughts of helping someone else, probably I can't do anything. But here we are thinking about it. Is that the case? Is that generally what you're, what you're talking about? Uh,
0: yes. Uh, in a, in a way. yes. Uh, that makes, uh, that makes sense. And sometimes it's also like, um, for example, uh, some other person has, uh, some, um, uh, suffering, like some Dukkha and, uh, and I kind of feel like a, uh, um, like it's my responsibility to, to help them out of the, of it. And then, so I feel like uh, I'm impacted, and uh, like uh, um, I, I cannot uh, stay like uh, satisfied. For example, if uh, someone from my family, some a close one, is uh, you know is sad or is dissatisfied, I have a hard time uh, detaching myself from uh, from them feeling bad. You know, I know it's right. useless. I feel that too, but. <laughs> well, here's uh, a question for you. Yeah.
1: Did he ask you for help?
0: No, no, and that, that's why I no, don't uh, he always. He didn't ask you for yeah. help.
1: Uh huh. All right. Yeah. So that's another point that we have to understand is, is that many times we see that people need assistance. They need help and you see it, but they don't, which means yeah. that we have to be careful or our assistance will actually create more problems rather than solving the old ones. And so um, the the point then, though, if he didn't ask you for help and you didn't agree to help, then where is this responsibility for helping
0: coming from? In a way, that's a rhetorical question,
1: but in a way it's not, okay? That, in fact, um, in our culture, um, there's various kinds of um, uh, mentalities that people will get kind of stuck into. And that one of the mentalities that people get stuck into is the mentality of the helper. My mother was a helper. Um as they say, to a fault. In other words, if she can't help somebody, then she's got no life. She's got no meaning. She's got nothing. Except when she's going to help somebody. right. Including the fact that she may be helping people that don't need any help, but she feels better because she's helping. And I think that this may be part of what's going on is, is that you're you're feeling responsible because you're supposed to help. This is a, a rule that you've given yourself. Um, uh, a kind of um, way of things supposed to be that you picked up as a child.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That uh, in, in fact, um, I've, I don't know about your circumstances, but let us say that one of the places where that happens is, is that the child is born He's raised to about the age of three and mom gets pregnant again. And by the age of four, he has now no, he's no longer the baby. He's no longer getting nurtured and now he becomes mommy's little helper. And if mommy praises little Johnny for being a little helper over and over and over again, he begins to see that being mommy's little helper is of great benefit. (laughs) And so we we go around with that kind of habit and that kind of mentality that, oh, I get my jollies by helping other people and getting rewarded for helping other people. All right. Now, as you probably heard me say about it, uh, whatever we define the world as, we need to... uh, If I use the word world, many people will have many definitions of the word world. So when I'm using the word world here in this case, I'm not talking about the planet Earth. I'm talking about human society, that the world we live in is a world of human society. And guess what? In that society of about seven billion people, how many of them are helpers? Maybe about half or more.
0: Yeah.
1: I love okay and one example of that in fact the funny one is like the boy scout uh they have a, a merit badge for helping and mm-hmm. so here the the boy scout helps this old lady across the street and when she and when they get to the other side of the street he's grabbed her by the arm and he's taking her across the street and when she gets to the other side of the street she swings her purse and hits the kid in the head mm-hmm. with it And he says, why did you do that? I was helping you across the street. And the old woman says, I didn't want to cross the street. I thought that you were abducting me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So this is the problem with helpers is, is that we often are helping things that don't need to be helped, but we're looking at it, not from the perspective of what is really going on in this situation. But rather, something from the past, some rule. In this case, with the Boy Scout, it's the rule to get a merit badge. He's not interested in helping this old lady. He's interested in his own selfish little getting the merit badge.
0: Yeah. And it's like uh, selfish because, um, so when I see someone feeling bad, I want him to feel good, but it's uh, just so that I could feel good uh, again, in a way. I mean, it's not well, always it like went pure generosity. <laughs> well,
1: generally in our society, when somebody's feeling bad, the helper will go and say, "Oh, what's wrong? How can I help?" And then, in fact, we immediately go into the mentality that the person is in. In other words, in order to deal with sadness, we deal with it by being sad. Another way of saying it is, is that misery loves company
0: yeah it's that's a good and idea, and so,
1: to, yeah, <laughs> and the only way that they'll think that you're helping them is by you joining their pity party, mm-hmm. okay. No need to do that. What we really need to do is to look at that urge that we get when we see someone in a predicament and recognize that this predicament that I see, I'm drawn into it. OK, you feel responsible is the word that you use. So you feel that you're being drawn in. Is that right? You're being yeah. sucked into something that's none of your
0: business. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, in a way, it's not like my attachment or my, uh, my dukkha. Do- <laughs> Um, it's not my mental suffering, I mean, it's their stuff. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm like the object of the attachment, you know, Or, uh, but uh, I mean, the, I, yeah, yeah, it's not my stuff. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> All right. So... This is something that we have to learn is is to recognize these rules that we have. Oh, thou shalt help someone in need. Because there's been a whole lot of helping going on for a long, long time. That was not really as effective as it could be. That. uh, One of the things then we can look at is that, uh, what is really, if you feel responsible, what do you actually feel responsible for? It's like a kind of, uh, I don't
0: know if it's, uh, responsibility or guilt. (laughs) Pardon? I don't know if it's a responsibility or feeling guilty for not, uh, you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, like for not uh, interacting with the person and um, maybe like uh, fixing their uh, attachment or maybe, you know, I feel like I created the, the situation. If someone is attached to me and suffering because of it, even though I didn't create the attachment because I'm the object of it, um, I feel like uh, I'm responsible or guilty, you know. something in those lines. OK. Um, this feeling of
1: responsibility. Now is what we need to work with, to, to deal with. Normally your whole life, you've been dealing with that feeling of responsibility by taking that responsibility and trying to help someone. Right. Whether they want it or not, whether you even know what the problem is or not. OK, that there there is another way of of looking at it, and that is, is that you're actually not responding. But more, you're reacting. In other words, we're. Uh, uh, when we react. That means that we're doing the same thing over again. Now, the mm-hmm. thing that we're doing over again is the feeling of responsibility, and so you react that way. That's the standard way of uh, that you you've developed for yourself. Whenever you see a problem that somebody's got, you think all oh, that problem is mine.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's think, how yeah, you think
1: yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, try to. Uh, so that means that you're very likely then to jump into their pity party because their problem is your problem now, which means you're going to feel the same way about their problem that they do. You're going to join their pity party. All right. If you do that, you may not be as actually useful, valuable, and wholesome as you originally intended with that feeling of responsibility. OK, so the first thing then that we can do is we can wake up to this feeling of responsibility, recognize how we feel. We feel responsible. We feel like we've got to go do something. And then with Anapanasati, we would say, OK, let's get the mind back into a good state again. Let's take a few deep breaths. Let's recognize that we've really got no problem, that that person is having a problem only because they think they've got a problem. And when I think they've got a problem, now we both have a problem. And in fact, we both could be wrong. Especially you, because you don't have a problem. You perceive yeah. <laughs> somebody else's problem and you want to take it away from them. Rob them of maybe their most precious object. Their pain. (laughs) Because without their pain, they may have nothing. And they would rather have pain than nothing at all. So when we recognize that that's what's going on, the first thing that can be done with Anapanasati is to recognize that's really not your problem. That is, the feeling of being responsible, that's your problem. So begin to recognize that. Begin to recognize that when you feel responsible, that uh, that there may be, in fact, uh, an emergency. It may be a good idea to put pull that puppy, for instance, pull that puppy out from the wheel rather than letting it run over. That's something that's right here in, in right here, right now. Or perhaps the puppy is injured right here, right now, and it needs medical assistance so we can go do something about that. But if the wound is old, puppy is already healed and leaving scars, then there's not much you can do about it. Well, that's really what happens mostly is that people are just, uh, let us say, reminiscing over old scars rather than new wounds that need to be uh, attended to. But you see the the old wound as a new uh, 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 wound that needs to be healed. Yeah. Okay. so in that regard, we can recognize that. Wait a minute. The real issue that we're dealing with right now is how I feel when we see the old scar, because when the person sees their old scar, they think that it's a new wound that needs to be dealt with. So that's the first thing is to wake up and recognize that your problem is not their problem. Your problem is how you feel about their Perceived problem that you're perceiving they have a problem, where in fact they may not. Yeah. Okay. So this is back down to the to the uh, to the boy scout who's trying to get a merit badge for helping. Right. We want that merit badge. We don't care whether the old lady gets across the street or not. We're trying to deal with our own pain that we see when we see that old scar. So. Uh that's the first thing that we can do is to wake up and to be in this present moment and recognize that right now the problem that that is there is my own desire to help. Yeah. That's the issue now, not the old wound.
0: Yeah, it's a form of desire. Yeah, that's true.
1: All right. Yeah. So when and so now the job is just to remove that kind of feeling. Because that feeling is unwholesome, the feeling of needing to help. You want to help. You feel bad and you think that you're going to feel good by helping because that's the old way of doing things. Oh, I see a problem. If I fix that problem, then I'll feel better. Mm. All right. So this is basically just standard Dhamma. This is, I mean... This is just part of the, the way of practice. So when you recognize then that you're feeling bad, we need to do something about that right then and there. So that you could get yourself back into a good state.
0: Yeah. That I, have... I, yeah, that's, uh, that's easy to do. I, it's just sometimes I, uh, I thought I had to, to fix the thing mm-hmm. instead of just... Um... Getting back to you know wholesomeness, and uh, it's interesting. I never saw it as a desire, but it was a. I mean, it is a desire to to change the uh, other person' feeling and to change mm-hmm. my feelings as well. Yeah, you feel yeah, bad because they feel sense. bad, yeah. and
1: you think that if you prevent them from feeling bad, then you'll feel good. Mm-hmm. But they may not want you to make them feel good. Um, Here's a very, very clear example of that. And this was something that I had to learn when I was a young man, actually before I even got into the Dhamma. Uh, but I learned this through psychology. And that is, is that women and men communicate differently. Women really like to commiserate. They really do like pity parties. Mm-hmm. And so she'll say, Oh, my boyfriend beat me up or something. And then they'll say, "Oh, poor dear, how do you feel and all of that. And none of the girls in that little group having that pity party, not one of them thinks about putting on a, uh, a a weapon and going and harming that boyfriend that hurt her. But if she tells that to to a guy, he'll feel responsible for that guy beating up his girlfriend and you want now to go uh, harm that boyfriend because he harmed your friend, right? That's a very different many times. Women just want to tell you what's going on and they're not asking for help at all, but us yeah. guys, we feel responsible. And that means that, oh, if she tells me her pack of trouble, I've got to go do something about that pack of trouble.
0: Maybe all we need to do
1: is just listen and listen happily. That if we can listen and listen happily and stay in a good mood, we'll actually help brighten her up. That's what we really need to do. If you're thinking you're responsible, what actually are you responsible for? Are you responsible for fixing her problem or are you responsible for brightening her mind? That's the real issue is, is that if you can have a brightened mind, if you are in a good state, if you are happy and joyful and have a lot of joy and a great big smile. Then that is what you will transmit to her because she's transmitting to you or he's transmitting to you. I've got a problem. And if you buy into it now, everybody's got a problem. But if you if they tell you, I've got a problem, and you're in the position of, oh, well, that's not much of a problem. That's, there's no worries about that. It's not a big deal. Then that's the way that you can help them. But the original point about whatever the problem was is probably not your business. That this is one of the things that I teach students for uh, from time to time is this term of not your business an example of that would be that you've got just you know this is one of my examples there's a meditation teacher out there and the things that he tells the students is a bunch of crap and he's not helping them at all but he is making some money off of them okay and when i see that happening guess what the old me would say we've got to fix that And the new me says, that's not my business. My business would be if that student who got ripped off by that teacher comes to me, now that's my business. But if they don't ask for help, then I'm interfering with somebody else's business. And there are so many things like that. An example would be politics. Whatever the, uh, because I, Keep track of a little bit of about America. I know that the Americans, they have the Democrats and they've got the Republicans. Guess what? The Democrats are not my problem, not my business. The Republicans, not my problem, not my business. The fight between the two of them has been going on, even though they've changed parties and changed positions. It's almost like two du- duelers. You see with the four, the, 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 the sword fight. And yeah. guess what? While they're fighting each other, they will actually reverse positions and fight from this direction. That's actually happened in in the politics of the United States. It happened in the 1960s to where the Republicans still will claim, well, we're the party of Abraham Lincoln and we freed the slaves. Guess what? In the 1960s, the Democrats passed some legislation and then Nixon decided to change the parties. So the party switched roles and now the Republicans are re- are the racist and the, uh, the slavers and the Democrats want to free them up. But 100 years, 150 years ago, it was backwards for that. Um, actually, it was only 75 years ago. So here's the point with that is, is that that duel that these groups are in are really not any of my business. Until I make it my business and then I'm making a problem. I feel responsible for uh, when I see a, a, a politician making a bald face lie or a, a reporter uh, misreporting the facts. Here we are on YouTube, and I want to write a comment. Oh, you dirty son of a bitch. You don't know what you're talking about. You're harming people. You're not. <clears throat> The possibility yeah. is is he's not even going to read my comment. And if he did, is he going to listen to my comment? Not a chance. And so uh, not only that, but I could get YouTube and maybe some other commenters pissed off at me because of the comments that I'm making because they agree with him. They don't like it when I'm disagreeable. So it's better maybe to not comment. (laughs) It's better to keep my fingers off my keyboard and keep my mouth shut. And it would be even better if I would close down that and say that stuff is not my business. They just throw it out. Doesn't belong to me. Okay. So what other people are doing, especially if they're doing things that I do not approve of, just because I don't like it and don't approve of it doesn't mean that it's my business. It's my responsibility to go fix it. My responsibility is to keep my mind together because I can't fix all the problems of the world. I've only got one little tiny problem. You know what my tiny little problem is? This next breath. That's the only issue I've got. Am I going to take this next breath or not? Then with that, I could say, well, the next one is, is that how am I going to take that next breath? Am I going to take it happily or am I going to take it miserably? That's my choice. And so when you're dealing with people, the way to really recognize that feeling of responsibility is to deal with that feeling of responsibility, telling yourself more than likely this is not my business. I'm just in the habit of going around interfering with other people's business because I don't like their business. And I want them to fix their business so I feel better. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Once we really do feel better because you're dealing with it directly, now with wisdom, you can begin to see what really is going on. And maybe you can be of some value. Going back to the Boy Scout on the street corner, he, in fact, could have a conversation with this old woman. He, in fact, might be able to find a way to actually help her rather than deciding that what this woman needs is me to help her across the street, that she may need something else. And if I ask her and talk to her, so that would be a a way of uh, dealing with it, is to find out what's going on. But if we've already decided we know what's going on, then we'll try to fit whatever they say into the package of, of what we've already decided. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the new sequence of events would be when you feel responsible, wake up, recognize that you've got a feeling now of I've got to go do something and deal with that directly. Okay. Yeah. Bring your mind back to a good state. And when you've got a mind in good state, you can actually use that uh, joy that you have to help them. Uh, the 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 example is with Mary Poppins. You've heard the song of a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down.
0: Okay. I, I heard you say it.
1: <laughs> right. Okay. Well, when you feel responsible for helping somebody, where's your teaspoon of sugar? How are you going to help them get their medicine down if you're not, you know, and you're going to the way that I used to do it was I, I don't care about the sugar. I've got a spoon, a big spoon, and I'm going to make sure that medicine goes down with my big spoon. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so this is the way that we handle that stuff is to recognize my own responsibility is the issue. And when I deal with that and I get myself back into a happy state, now I can look at what's going on. And when I see what's going on, I may recognize that all they need is a smile. All they need is a hug. They don't need a big problem solved.
0: Mm-hmm. Just to spread joy. Okay? Mm-hmm. To you spread your
1: joy. That's, yeah, spread if you have joy. responsibility, the way to handle any responsibility is by spreading it with joy. Bring your teaspoon of sugar. Recommend it, oh, it's not a big problem after all. Mm-hmm. See if you can get them to smile and forget all about it. What a wonderful day this is. And here you are having a pity party about something that happened last week. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And so that, that's another way of saying that if we if we feel responsible, then we do that responsibility in the old way. But, when we go for Dhamma, you'll wind up using the Dhamma to get your own mind together, and now you've got the Dhamma and your good mind together. Now you can actually help them with the Dhamma.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah, not uh, not help it, not help them to react, but uh, mm-hmm. help them help them to understand the their feeling maybe. Mm-hmm. Or something.
1: So your feeling of responsibility comes with other language uh, uh, like compassion, right? We feel compassion for that person, okay? Look at the word compassion. It's got that come, which is actually a Latin word that means with, to be with. So what compassion means is to suffer with them. That's what we're responsible for is compassion. And a better way of looking at that is the the word karuna in the Pali, which does not mean compassion exactly. What it actually means more is to see the issue clearly. We can empathize. And if we empathize, then we can sympathize with them. But the sympathy that we're going to give them is not the sympathy of their bad feelings. And I feel bad, too. But you bring joy to it and then let them get into sync, get into uh, and, into um, sympathetic vibrations with you. So our sympathy should be a joyful sympath- sympathy rather than uh, a compassion of getting in it with them. So... Uh, one of the examples I use with this is imagine that you and a friend are on board a, a big fishing boat at sea, and he goes overboard. There he is, floating in the water, and you know he can't swim. What are you going to do? You're going to jump in after him? That's
0: a bad idea.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you jump in after them, now you've got two people at sea drowning, and the boat's gone. Maybe it would be better for you because every boat is well equipped with life rafts, life preservers, and whatnot, is to find that and throw him a lifeline and drag him back to the ship. Jumping into the water with him, not advisable. You can see that as the analogy that's really physical. We can recognize that also mentally. Don't use compassion, don't jump into somebody else's drowning feelings. But rather, you stay high and dry and then throw them a lifeline of joy and pull them back, pull them out of their misery. This is what the the Pali word is, karuna. uh, Excuse me, mudita. The mudita is sympathetic joy. Now, that mudita actually works in all directions. In fact, it was already operating Because uh, they felt bad, and they want you to feel bad too, and you want to feel bad too. So you get into sympathetic vibration with them. The same thing is true with anger. When someone's angry, they make sure that other people around them get angry too. And so they'll tell you all about their problem with the bank to get you to be angry and agree with them about how bad the bank is.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so to, so, not to get in the game, in their game, I mean. Uh-huh. Stay, uh, watch out for the, yeah. Probably so watch out for how about.
1: other people are feeling, because you don't have to feel the same way that they felt, even though you have been programmed from childhood to do just that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's that feeling of responsibility is nothing but an old program, an old rule that you picked up. And now the, the advice is, is that when you feel that responsibility, wake up, wake up immediately and say, oh, I, that old responsibility feeling is there. What am I going to do about it? Well, I'm going to throw it down and get some joy. And after right. I get some joy, now I can go spread my joy to the person who's got a problem.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to see it quick, quick enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I see that, it with uh, with family is uh, it's, I react faster than with uh, you know strangers, like with my mother or something. <laughs> it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's harder to get, but yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. All right, sense.
1: great. Well, let's go ahead and finish now. Then sure. I think that this one That's point good enough, is yeah. good for the day. Yeah, okay. yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I will go practice but, this.
1: So so practice this. Actually go out looking for people who need your help so that you can get your mind back together again. Mm -hmm. And then you can see what's really going on. All right, we'll we'll see you later.
0: I'll see you. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye.